Coming up, we have Zach Lear from Longevity Fitness in Fort Wayne. He is a certified personal trainer as well as a Titleist Performance Institute Level 1 certified trainer. Talk about his experience wearing both of those hats and more coming up. Welcome to a special edition of Your Best Bets. As football season has ended, uh, a lot more time to talk about the local golf scene with spring coming. Hopefully, of course, we're recording this with um, snow falling uh, as we speak, unfortunately. But spring is not that far off. So I want to, want to talk about the local golf scene, which is a really vibrant golf area, Fort Wayne is. Um, so I'm happy to have Zach Lear on tonight. Zach and I have been talking about doing a podcast for, I don't know, three, four or five months. So I'm glad we are finally able to connect. Zach, appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you, Phil, for having me. I'm, I'm excited to have uh, this conversation with you. So I'm going to intro you, Zach. Zach, you are um, a co-owner at Longevity Fitness. Okay. You are a CrossFit level one coach. Ninja Zone Level 1 and 2 coach, which uh, always, when you post videos on Facebook, always looks really fun to me. Um, and, of course, uh, Titleist Performance Certified as well, and, and we'll lead into that. Um, so you you carry a lot of hats. Um, you're I know you're a super busy guy, so kind of tell me how you got to this point. And, by the way, I, small world, uh, you're a trying university graduate, and I am as well. I, I, I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that, but, uh, um, no, I, I'm a tri-state graduate. I am and, too. And I, I, yeah. So, uh, my final year there was the year that they, they made the transfer. So I graduated in 2007 and they changed 2008, I think the name to trying. Um, and, and, and along with that, my fraternity got a brand new house. And so I, I think I missed out on all the good stuff at trying on that, but still had a pretty good time on there. Yeah. See, I graduated in 05 and 04, 05 was the time where they started building the villas and they started really overhaul the campus. So uh, I, I really, really missed out completely, unfortunately. But, um, you know, that's just the, that's the way the brakes fall. So tell me, you could get a bachelor's in health, uh, health promotions, recreational programming at Trine. So at what point did you decide, like, this is, you know, I, I want to be involved in physical fitness and, and working with people. You know, what is it about you that enjoys that? Yeah, you know, I, man, as far back as I can remember, I've always worked in some kind of basketball camp or sports camp or those kind of things. I mean, I was I worked for the McCracken basketball camp, which was, you know, ironically based out of Fort Wayne um, for almost a decade. Um, for about, for, I think I, I made it nine years, just shy of a decade. Um, and I, I just have always loved working with little kids. I've always loved movement. Um, I'm super competitive. And so, um, I, I originally went to, to, to Manchester and transferred to trying to be a health and PE teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, but realize I never liked school to begin with. Like, uh, even though I spent six years <laughs> in college, I, uh, I wasn't the best student and, um, I, you know, and I, as I was at there, I was like, I don't really like school. So I don't think I want to spend all day in school working with kids. I, I want to work with kids on my own basis and that kind of stuff. And so, um, 
I, I kind of switched to the health promotions, which was uh, a little bit more sports marketing. Uh, but like I said, I'd already spent enough time in college. I was like, I'm ready to get out. <laughs> so um, I picked up the health promotions degree. And then for the next, uh, I don't know, four or five years, I kind of bounced around a little bit. I ran a cancer benefit called the Icebreaker Wake Fest. And I was, I was heavily involved in, in teaching people how to wakeboard and kind of growing that sport a little bit. Um, and then I uh, worked for a restoration company. And while I worked for that restoration company, my wife started Longevity Fitness. So that that uh, March 2nd or 3rd is, is will be a, our 10th year anniversary. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, and she she started it. She lost her job with, a, uh, with a, uh, the Cash and Mind Body Institute took a mm-hmm. credit card and a $5,000 loan. And, um, 10 years later, we're still surviving. Um, but, but I, I've always been around, but, uh, I think six years ago now I made the leap from, uh, fire, water, mold, meth, death <laughs> to full-time, uh, fitness. I'd always been helping and coaching and teaching people in the morning, but that was kind of like, I'm done with this. I love helping. I want to, 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 to help people move better. Yeah. And so that's when I change. So, so being a, a personal trainer, you're a certified personal trainer. Um, so what, what does your client base look like now? Is it, I mean, from, from young to old um, people that come to you in shape, out of shape, what is, I mean, when, when someone comes to you, what's, what's the average person, I, I guess, what's, what's their profile? Man, uh, you know, I kind of span the board a little bit. Uh, I I work with a lot of uh, forty to sixty five year olds. Um, that's a, that's a, a I would say a bulk of my um, people right now because um, they need movement bad. Uh, most forty to sixty five year olds uh, have been very sedative. They uh, sedentary. They sit. They drive. They're salesmen. Um, they ha- they have something that keeps them um, in a low movement world, and uh, so now they're coming to me, and they're like, "Well, I can't rotate, I can't turn, I don't have separation," um, and a lot of time it's just the lack of movement over the years has caused them to be in postures that just are not productive to rotational sports, and um, and I think for a long time they did a lot of the the uh, three by ten squat bench, um, very, very one plane dimensional working out. And so, um, when they come to me, they're usually either referred to by one of the four or five coaches that I work with, um, or they've seen, uh, me out and about, and we've gotten to a conversation and they're like, I need to improve my mobility. And so, um, that is a bulk of what I do. I mean, that's probably 45 or 50% of my, my people, um, you know, I work, uh, with St. Francis, I manage their, uh, their, their training throughout this, the winter. Um, I go into high school, but you know, my ninja program, I work with kids from four to 13. So it seems like I'm either teaching people how to roll on the ground or teaching older people how to get up off the ground. So, uh, <laughs> what the, the, the ninja zone, um, what's tell me what that's like working with uh working with that that age um is it hard to get them to focus or um i mean do you have to are you finding yourself 
you know, having to have an extreme level of patience with that group? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, and I don't know if I want to say this in a recordable session, <laughs> but uh, it's really not working with adults, except you can't yell at adults, you know? <laughs> so uh, the little kids, I, I love the little kids. To me, there's nothing better um, than seeing progression, okay? So a lot of the kids that come into my Ninja Zone program are not kids that are stars on the basketball team. I mean, they're fours, fives. Um, six to 13. So they're not stars in really anything for the most part, but they're not the kid that's playing baseball, basketball, and soccer. They're a kid that may play one of those, but doesn't understand how his body moves. Doesn't know, can't, they, they don't get that concept or they're just kind of awkward. And so I, we teach them how to roll, how to fall, how to stand, um, how to have eye contact with people. You mm -hmm. know, that's a big thing. Especially our youth with uh the amount of time that we spend staring into the screen and computers and, and if you take the COVID and what they did it, some of these kids have a really hard time looking people in the eye and, and engaging in conversation especially conversation that is um geared towards making them better you know or or correcting them they don't that, that's hard for a lot of kids so if I would say the frustrating part of that is uh I'm working with a lot of kids that just are real timid and they don't know what they don't know. And so you kind of just get a little frustrated with that, but they grow the most. That's interesting you say that because my, my son is, my oldest son is 10 and he, he's really into playing basketball and he's, he's a good player. He's, he's got some real skill, some real potential to grow within the game. Like he's, a, he's got, uh, excellent touch. He can shoot, but he, his just athletic ability, his movements are very stiff and he really hasn't, uh, I guess, learned the, the art of, of how to, how to use his body in certain times, you know, certain times on the court. Um, so I, I'm interested in that, you know, that aspect of it, especially with kids who you can really mold at such a young age. And, and they're, I would say maybe more teachable than someone that's 20 years older. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, because they don't know, uh, they're, they're just, they don't know, you know, at 10, um, he's not quite to growth, like real growth, right. He has, he grows and grows a little bit and grows a little bit, but he hasn't hit like a major growth spurt where, um, his body just doesn't know what the, what the hell's going on, excuse <laughs> right. the language, but, uh, you know, and so, uh, it can be tough for them because they'll tell their body to do something and their body is just not capable or it's confused or they, it just doesn't know how to keep up. So that's why I love the ninja program because if um, part of it is just teaching someone to fall. Okay. Uh, if, if they can fall and they can roll, then they can get back up. And so most people, uh, if we flip the script to older people, um, their main, main cause of injury is falls. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as we get older, our ability to adjust to a fall goes out the window. Now, some of that is because, um, how often do you spend on the ground? You know, most people I talk to, the only time they ever lay down, um, is when they go to bed. And right. so I, I, a lot of time chasing kids on the floor, I'm rolling around, we're jumping, we're doing handstands, you're upside down. And so, um, as we get older, those opportunities kind of go out the window and we sit and we talk and we drive and we do all these things that really just kind of um, suck us inward. If, right. if that makes sense, like our 
body just gets shrunk and we get smaller. You've seen the old man that walks mm-hmm. and he's basically staring at the ground because his back's rounded. Right. Um, that man's right. had a hard life or he's put a lot of time behind a desk or something like that. And so, yeah. uh, it's, it's a tricky, tricky slope, but that's what I try to do with these little kids is, is teach them how to move and get up and down off the ground. And it, it really, that same thing translates. If you would come into my studio, um, the first day when we go through the, the performance session, I try to make you get up and down off the floor as much as possible, because that tells me, um, how you get up and down off the floor is one of the fastest ways to tell me if you are capable of growth quickly or slowly, hmm. you know? Hmm, interesting. So, uh, I, yeah. I'm interested from from your perspective. You know, any, anyone that has gone to the gym, or if they go see a personal trainer, you kind of hear from their perspective their struggles or how hard it is to get started. I'm interested from a trainer's perspective how hard it is to maybe work with someone that might be considered out of shape, or maybe someone that is. I don't, for lack of a better term, maybe not, doesn't have the work ethic or the drive to really devote themselves to getting themselves in better shape. Is that frustrating for you as a trainer? Um, It's, it's a learning curve for sure. Cause you can't, you can't do it for them. You can't push them any more than they want to be pushed. So Sometimes uh, you've got to have clear goals with that person and an understanding of, all right, if you're only going to come see me once every two weeks, um, our, our gains are going to be more minimal. Um, and so you got to understand, is that what you want? Or where are you standing at? What do you want from this? And if you can have clear directives with the people, it's not so frustrating. It's when they, they come in and then they disappear for a couple of weeks and they come in and then they're gone and they disappear for a couple of weeks. And, um, it makes it hard as a trainer to really, um, have a, a productive and successful program. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that, that would, I would say is probably more frustrating than anything. Um, but you gotta understand a lot of people are so busy that once they leave my studio, they may not really they they may not really get a chance to do anything else. And sometimes they just don't remember or it's confusing to them or, or something like that. So um, I guess I learned quickly that if I let my um, rate of success or my feelings into that world, uh, I'm going to have my feelings hurt a lot because um, I'm not the, the cheapest person to work with in, in general. And so um mm-hmm. You know, you can't force somebody or you got to find, I try to find ways to help people get as much as they can out of me. But at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not capable of doing their work for them. And, um, you never really know what their real life struggle is. You know, we're kind of fit. I'm I'm personal trainer, but sometimes a therapist in the sense of, yeah. That's, that's interesting you say that because I was going to, my next thought or or, or question was how much. Or, or was it a surprise to you once you really got into this? How much communication uh, was part of the part of the job? Essentially, um, you know, I, I, I on your website you have several different areas where you mentioned you know positive motivation, being a motivator, um, and that involves the 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 most positive form of communication possible. So, does that was that a surprise to you? Is that something that you had to develop over time? Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought that I 
I mean, I think I knew a little bit going in because I watched my wife for a few years and knowing that she, that she's always talking to people. And, and I know that you mentioned that I'm a CrossFit level one um, instructor. So I got in heavy to CrossFit and, you know, the hours or two that I would spend in CrossFit was a uh, very competitive situation for me. So I wasn't necessarily chatting with people or and, and that, I mean, I'm talking and that kind of stuff, but you're in a group setting. And so it's not so one-on-one, you know, so I never really got that side of it until I really started working with people. And, and, you know, they, when you start raising heart rates and putting people in, in what I would consider like vulnerable situations, cause you're asking them to try things they've maybe never done. Um, you're putting people in a weird situation. And so them talking to you is really kind of helpful for it. And the more you can get out of it, is this weight right? You know, how's your weekend? Oh man, you, your how's your kids doing? How are those things? They're as important to me to know those things about my person. Um, as mm-hmm. did you actually out when you left here this week? Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't know, you don't know what their stress level is, you know? So sometimes I'm the only um, outlet for this. I don't know if you know this or not, but males in that 40 to 60 year old category are not real uh, vocal or, or, or um, they, they're all guarded. Right. And so opening up to somebody to tell them that, man, I, I had a really crappy weekend and I think that may be affecting me this week or that, uh, so you got to kind of dance around it and walk through it, but it's great. It's a learning curve. It lets them get it out. Um, sometimes we just throw the ball into the ground as hard as possible, you know, let it out, yeah. let it out. I got one drill that I call the FU drill. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you sit down and you say whatever you want to say in this and, and let it out. And, um, males are mostly physically, um, I don't know if it's funny, but you ever uh, read the five love languages, right? Um, most right. males are physical, okay? mm. whether it's physical touch or just physical expression. And so um, you'll see a lot more of that. So putting something in their hands and saying, here, slam this down as hard as you can um, may be what they need to really stay motivated that week because it allows them to shut their mind off to um, whatever it is. And, and a lot of my clients are CEOs and or own companies or are salesmen. And so they're days are based off of their production and you know we don't always produce every day so it, it can be kind of stressful for these people for sure the you know the the half of what you guys do at longevity seems to be we talked about the physical aspect that you know the physical training all the all the services you guys offer but also the other half is um some of the, the nutritional piece um i want you to talk about that i think you know, often when people think about getting into shape or, um, you know, really trying to change their bodies, the number one thing that people think of is, you know, I got to work out, I got to do this and that. But I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's no lie, right? That a lot of that starts in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, y- yeah. Nutrition is a huge aspect. Um, I, I think I've got right now, I've got uh, several people who uh, need to work on their nutrition but that's, that's mentally one of the hardest things. I think what goes into your mouth um, and the control or, or, or inability to control that really is, is the most disheartening part of what I would say fitness. Fitness is I can shut my mind off and I can do X. 
And if I can do X, I'll feel better at the end of X. Right. But, and you, and you see, you may be sweating, your muscles may be tired or sore, or maybe you see the weight go up. So it's really easy to um, quantify that, but eating healthy for 10 days may only give you a couple pound weight loss, but what it's done other than that is, is hard to measure. And so it's, it's the first thing that you're like, this isn't working. And, and you go that way. And then again, um, we don't really have outlets for ourselves anymore. Um, so, uh, we turn to food a lot, right? And so when you're stressed, you drink beer, you eat a little bit more, you run through McDonald's because, you know, you just don't have time to go home and cook or that kind of stuff. So um, convenience, one right? of the things, yeah, convenience. Um, because I, our biggest thing that we do, if someone comes into me and says, you know, and, and, and maybe they need to lose some weight to swing a little bit better or, um, just to be healthier. Um, how much water are you drinking? And if you're drinking water, um, then what are you eating? Are you eating? Um, a lot of times, and this is a tough one, but, uh, we don't eat enough. You know, I'll see people who may eat like a piece of toast and an apple for breakfast. And that's not really maybe the best breakfast to have, um, but then they won't eat till like dinner. And so they'll, they'll go this whole time. They'll eat a little bit of stuff and, and then like just say toast and apples that that's spikes your blood sugar, gets everything going up. Right. And then, um, it's kind of the opposite reaction that we really want to have and we can't control things in our glucose. And so, um, we're bouncing all over the place. And we don't feed ourselves. Like if, if I called you a Ferrari, right, do you want to be a Ferrari or a Pinto? And so what kind of gas do you put in a Pinto? What kind of gas do you put in a Ferrari? So when people start looking at themselves like Ferraris, um, they start to think a little bit about eating cleaner and that kind of stuff. And so um, yeah. and some people are Mack trucks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm clearly not on the Ferrari end of the scale. I'm probably on the the Pinto <laughs> end for sure. Um, at, at what point were were you interested in getting into uh, the the fitness for for golf piece? And, and we'll we'll talk about the the Titleist, um, you know, the the TPI stuff in a second. But was you know is that stuff you play golf recreation recreationally growing up, and then you just kind of developed an interest in in fitness with golf as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, my, my, uh, well, I worked at Protex, the restoration company. I did a lot of marketing, um, and a lot of sales and I played in a lot of golf outings because we were marketing and, um, my best buddy, Steve Staley, uh, and I played Willow Ridge. Okay. That was oh, yeah. to me, one of my, I was so sad when they closed that course down. Cause <laughs> we know. could, we could meet any day of the week, play 18 holes in two hours and go on about our day. And it was like and, 11 uh, bucks, right? It, yeah. And, you know, it was, the, it was the best. And so we, we started to get, that's where I really kind of reconnected with golf. My, I've played for a long time. Um, actually it's the only sport I've ever been cut from. I got cut as a freshman, um, because some kids were still playing basketball. And then, uh, when, when they came back, they were like, well, you, you guess your scores did make the team, but I was like a, I've never been cut. So I was like, I'm not playing. I don't want to play golf for you. You cut me. And, um, and then, so, you know, I played with my dad and that kind of stuff throughout college a little bit and goofing around. Uh, but that, that three years I worked at the restoration company, I, I was playing so much. It was so much fun that when I made the transition to full-time fitness, it was a no brainer. I knew I had to kind of find a niche for myself 
And I've always, I, I kicked um, at Manchester. I was, I was a, a, a field goal kicker. Uh, my mom taught gymnastics for 32 years. So flexibility and movement's always been in my my body. I've always been pretty flexible and that kind of stuff. Um, and it just made sense to me. Um, so I, I picked up a like a golf specialist fitness thing um, just to get going. And then once I got into that and I started digging into it, uh, the TPI was a no brainer. I mean, I think anytime you're affiliated with the Titleist brand, you're 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 on the right track. I mean, whatever you think about it, but they're, they're, they're a good company and, and that kind of stuff. And what, what they have done for golf is, is insane. It's incredible. You know? So, so. The, you, you said you got that in 2017. What, uh, what, what did, what did that entail to get that certification? Um, you gotta be a certified personal trainer. And then, um, you, you go out to, I mean, went to Chicago, spent three days out there training with the um, Jason Glass and Dave Phillips and those guys. Um, and I picked up my certification. And, and the way the TPI works is they believe a team system, okay? Um, I'm not a golf coach. Do I, do I know enough about a golf swing to have a conversation with somebody? Yes. Um, is it my place to tell you all the things that you may or may not be doing right or wrong in your golf swing? Not really. Um, so, and that's a, a judgment call for me as soon as you walk through the door is, um, I evaluate your body, but as we're having that conversation, sometimes at the end of the conversation, I'm like, you know, we can do whatever you want with your body, but until you understand these concepts of the golf swing, we're just going to be, we're just going to be running in circles. And so, you know, I, I, I work with, um, Wyatt Larkin, Quinn Griffin, um, and some, some other coaches out of town and a lot. And so, uh, you know, I started getting in with those guys. I, I'm, I'm constantly referring them out or bringing them in so that I know, um, that the swing and what I want their body to do or what their body's telling me they need to do matches up with what the swing is, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does. So, but, but guys model is, um, you know, you have, you have a golf instructor, you have the equipment guy, you have a medical guy and you have a fitness guy. Sometimes your fitness and medical guys are the same, but, uh, you know, I, I work really close with, uh, Josh butcher over at Indiana physical therapy. Um, cause he's another golfer, he's a TPI guy. And so we all speak the same language. If I call Josh and I'm like, Hey, Josh, um, his internal and external rotation of his shoulder is garbage. And until he fixes this, um, I can't, I, he can't rotate or he can't hold his spine angle and that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, I'm going to send him over to you, show him these specific exercises to correct it. And then he'll send them back to me and then we'll work on improving that. So depending on what kind of medical issue they come with, um, I'm referring them to somebody who I know is going to be mm. better. You know, I, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm a personal trainer and I've got a pretty good idea of how to fix things, but like, I, mean, I, you know, I, I had a shoulder injury. I'm still dealing with it. And so I'm actually going tomorrow to see Josh Butcher and, and work with him through some of my own things because, uh, that outside, I know that what he's going to tell me is going to match up with things that I believe in and, and we're going to be on the same page from the get, get go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was looking at the, uh, 
the TPI certification website, um, and this is pretty interesting to me. You can comment on this, but it says if a player is limited by what their body can do, they have two options. They can build a swing that works around their limitations, or they can work with a, a fitness professional to improve, improve their limitations. So it sounds like to me, you're more on the, the second part. You're trying to work with someone and, and to improve their limitations so they can swing the golf club more efficiently. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yes and no, because remember, we talked a little bit at the beginning about the motivation and the, the level mm-hmm. of commitment to fitness that they have. So that's the thing. When we get done with the, the evaluation, I, you got to look at them and be like, hey, listen, you know, um, this is something that could or could not be fixed. OK, so let's say it could be fixed. But what it's going to take to fix it is going to be hours of training. You got to look at the person and be like, are you going to put hours of training in? Probably not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what we're going to need to do is look at uh, how do we work around um, your inability to post up on your back leg or, or your inability to do whatever. Are, are we going to focus our time that we have that's limited on fixing that? Or are we going to build something that you're going to be able to replicate over and over within your body's constraints? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want the person that says, I'll do whatever you tell me and I'll put as much time into it because they're fun mm-hmm. and you can send them out and get back results. But um, again, not everybody even likes working out. You know, some of them just to come into me once every two weeks is like excruciating to me. So to tell that guy, man, you've got to spend hours working just so that you can maintain your turn a little bit deeper is probably not going to be our best bet. So I got to look at him and be like, what, what is the most bang for the buck that he can get and then make that decision Uh, where I would say it's outside of my pay grade or, or my, my uh, level of expertise is if you come to me and I'm I'm not great with risk. Okay. But if you come to me and you show me the risk test that we do and you can barely move your wrist down, uh, I'm going to send you to Josh and say, Josh, he can't move his wrist. Is, is there a blockage in there? Is something um, torn? Is it broken? Like, what, what, what are we working with here? And then if he sends him back, he's like, oh, nope, that's just, that's the range of motion. Maybe he had an injury and that's all the farther he can, he can turn his wrist. Mm-hmm. Then, then that's the kind of person be like, all right, well, you're not going to be able to turn, you know, uh, you're not going to be able to to supinate, pronate, whatever you want to call it, uh, your wrist into the swing, we're going to have to work something around that. You're not going to be able to hit a draw. You're going to have to hold off or, or whatever that, that looks like. So that's, that's just recognizing their physical limitation and then identifying, is that, is that just something that they've sort of built into like a habit or is that actually there's something potentially wrong with that, that body part, so to speak. And so that's, that's the, recognizing what it is, I guess. Right. Um, if I come yeah. into you, if I come into you and I'm looking for advice, say, and this, this is somewhat real for me, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in trying, you know, looking into improving my, uh, my club head speed, a couple miles an hour. Is, is there, are you going to look at my swing and identify a, is that, is that possible with my, my physical build, um, and, and what do you, what do you do to kind of analyze that process? And then do you, are you going to tell me that's not, it's not feasible by what I'm seeing? How, or how does that process go? Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm going to look at your body for one, like, like the screen. So the screen is 16 movements. Uh, um, I, I typically will not let my coaches or, or players send me a video of their swing until I've done the assessment. Hmm. I don't want any preconceived notions of what I'm looking at. Um, I want to, I want to look at the body, watch the body move, see what limits you and just our screen. And then through some conversation kind of piece together, uh, nine times out of 10, I can run you through the screen and, and pretty much pinpoint your misses or what are probably your misses from the way that your body moves. And mm-hmm. then, then let's, okay, now, now that we see this and now that I, I know that, um, you, you can't, you can't rotate your shoulders or you are, have bad, whatever. Um, then I want to see what your swing is. And then from your swing, then we kind of get into that, like, oh man, you're You need, you need the advice of somebody who is a golf professional mm-hmm. or, um, you, you know, that, that's what paints me a picture. So if you came to, to my studio, I would assess you, I would find out what moves good, moves bad. And then from there, I'd have a decent idea of, all right, can we put speed, well, you know, and what your goals are first too. Can we put speed on this? Um, is, is, his, is it a mobility issue, a strength and power issue, or is it like just a medical restraint issue that we got to deal with? And so that's really where we would start um, and, and, and we would go from there. What's, uh, what's it like working with your wife? I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I I am um I'm I'm actually really blessed to to be working with her. Um I'm gonna make her listen to this podcast too so she hears that. But uh <laughs> we've got three kids under nine. Um I work from five in the morning till noon most days. I have a couple hours, I either come back to the studio or I'm off to ninja. Um and in the summer, she lets me play about as much golf as I can fit into my schedule. Um, so it's it's a subject that I have to dance around at times because we have emotions between the two of us. Uh, but for the most part, uh, it, it's it's pretty it's it's much better than working for uh, a, like a big manufacturer that I've got no say in what goes on. I still have no say in what goes on, but at least uh, <laughs> I at least come and go as I please. That's that's well put. And you're right. You 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 must start your days early because I got a message from you at 4:20 a.m. this morning, and when I woke up, I had to double check the time. Um, why'd you yeah. cut your Why'd you cut your hair? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, it was it was getting close to time. Um, I had one ninja class where I forgot a hair tie, and <laughs> every time I would look down or do anything, my hair went into my face. And so I, I probably in a three and a half hour span, I probably put the hair out of my face 200 times. And then in that same week, um, it was really kind of embarrassing, but in that same week I had hair and food that I was eating. And when I pulled the hair out, it was still attached to my head. Oh no. Like, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's always the sign. It's, it's time for a haircut. I don't ever have to worry about that. I'm, I'm well past that. Um, so your, your golf game, are you are you ever trying to do? I mean, I'm sure you are with with what you do, with self analysis with your own golf game with, and, and your body and its movements and and how you can improve and how it's going to translate to your golf game. Oh yeah, always. 
I mean, I, I, that's I think I've got, and sometimes it gets a little out of control because, um, I don't know. Well, five years ago, basically about the time I got my TPI, uh, Brad Stenson, I don't know if you know who Brad Stenson is, but he's a pretty big golfer and just in general, a pretty tall guy, um, introduced me to Quinn. And so from about the moment I learned how to be a TPI person, I was introduced to Quinn and we kind of immediately started working on my swing. Um, one to get to know each other so that we knew we could trust, um, that if I sent someone to Quinn or Quinn sent someone to me or Wyatt and these guys sent someone to me, we were speaking the same language. Um, but yeah, I'm a competitive person. I want to win. Um, I, I, so I've, I've always wanted to get better with my swing, but uh, it's hard in the sense of when you watch people train all day, um, I, I'm at work every morning at five. So I work five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then I get a two hour window and it's like, dang, I don't really want to work out. I just watched people work out for six hours and it's only noon and I just don't feel like working out. So sometimes that's a battle for me that I have to, um, that I have to do myself. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love, look, I love working on my swing right now. And I feel like I'm getting into a good place where, uh, um, hopefully we can mess around and make the, you know, play in the city and maybe even win one of these uh, three rivers tours events. So, right. Yeah. I was going to say you, you plan on playing in those I'm, I'm sure this year, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I think what they're doing for the game um, of golf is in this area is awesome. Uh, I, as we age in life, um, our ability to compete outside of like our profession, our job diminishes greatly. If you think about it, we go from, from two or whenever we can start playing peewee basketball or peewee sports to uh, high school and the lucky ones that get to go into college, you're inundated with be athletic, play, beat this person, learn how to do this, move and run and jump and all these things. And then you graduate from college per se. And you're like, okay, well, I can play indoor, I can play a softball league, I can play basketball. Well, um, I'm 40. And I just had to take a couple weeks off of my basketball league because my body is just beat up. I'm 40. And um, it hurts, you know, and so our, our ability to be competitive goes out the window. So the fact that these guys, you know, the pin seekers group to um, Fort Wayne golf association, but I, I just think they're doing such a good job of giving people the ability to compete. Um, and that's a purpose. And when people have purpose, um, more production or positive things come from society when there's a reason to have purpose. So I think what they're doing is great. And any way I can help with those guys, I mean, longevity sponsors a little bit of three river tour. Um, I try to help anytime I can with the pen seekers um, and what they're doing with the little kids. Um, It's just good. If if you got a kid that is a golfer and makes it somewhere, um, their ability to to make good decisions and to do things productively for society are are definitely higher, I think, than some other sports that you play. Yeah, no, I think that's well put. And yeah, I think that, as I mentioned off the top, the the local golf scene in Fort Wayne is is really strong. Um, You know, the FWGA, Three Rivers Tour, they've um, provided a lot of opportunities to play competitively, no matter what your skill level with with the net divisions and uh, the Three Rivers Tour. So, um, yeah, I echo what you said there. 
Um, any any final plugs for for longevity you want to throw out there for the uh, the podcast uh, world to hear? Yeah, um, I, you know, if it, I'd love to work with every golfer in Fort Wayne. Um, I'm I'm all about working with different people that have different swings or whatever. And if if you're wanting to work on your body, um, or even just get an idea if your body's getting in your own way, um, stop in, man. The screen takes about an hour. Um, maybe a little bit more because I like to chat and talk and we want to know what's going on. And, um, unless my wife kicks me out, which she does from time to time, but, um, yeah, the studio is great. I mean, just in general, if you're looking for, uh, health and wellness and that kind of stuff, um, the studio is a great place. My wife is incredible with nutrition. Um, and, and the, the fitness general fitness classes that we offer at the studio are good. Uh, but if you're looking at taking your body to another level or adding speed, um, because to me, I love speed stick. I, I'm not going to say that. Um, speed sticks are a good tool. If your body's functioning and ready for it, you know, okay. I don't mind putting you on speed sticks, but a lot of times you need a little bit better base because, uh, just increasing your speed isn't necessarily, um, functional like you just swing that stick so hard and next thing you know you got a, a shoulder injury or you got this or you got that so um i would say if you're looking to add speed or um for a lot of people if you're just looking to get to the end of the round and not have a back pain like let's talk i mean a lot of times um you know we're doing basic general fitness but it's it's geared to um it's geared to maximizing your capacity. I guess that's kind of like my tagline in a sense is maximizing the capacity and uh-huh. your, everyone's capacity is different, but at the end of the day, we're just trying to help you pick heavy shit up off the floor a little bit better and easier and um, be more productive for society. Because at the end of the day, a squat is to sit down and stand up and, you know, um, I'd just love to help anybody that wants to come in. Yeah. Wish I had well, an answer for you on that, but no, I love it. Um, man, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all the insight and, uh, obviously come back whenever, whenever you want to talk golf or talk sports betting, golf betting, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I I've enjoyed what you've done with the podcast. Uh, and again, I don't shortchange yourself for what you're kind of doing for the community of golf too. I mean, there's the, uh, without the people talking about what the three rivers are doing, and, and, and the pin seekers and the golf garages and the sweet spots and the apex. I mean, the Fort Wayne golf scene is, 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 is awesome and uh, competitive. And so keep, keep talking about these guys because um, yeah. it's enjoyable to listen to. And I like making a little bit of money. Yeah. You, so <laughs> yeah, when I, when, when I get lucky, um, but yeah, thanks Zach. Appreciate you coming on buddy. Yeah, man. Anytime. Talk to you later. Yep. Uh, your best bet on Instagram, Facebook, catch us next week. We'll have golf coming back and we'll talk about, uh, the next golf tournament. I think it's the Bay, yeah, the Bay Hill tournament, Arnold Palmer invitational. So thanks for listening once again, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>